Welcome to Cyber Synapse, the podcast that's creating connections through cyberspace with candid conversations about cyber and tech-related issues with your host, Kath Nibbs. Do you know your GDPR from your ISO? Is your business cyber secure? If not, give agency a call on 03455 760 999. You can visit their website at www.theagency.com. An agency is with an I, not a Y. Welcome to this week's episode. This week, I'm joined by John and Sandra Wilson from Online Events. Um, John has been somebody that I've worked with for a number of years now, and his online platform is um, a CPD hub for counsellors, psychotherapists and um, other practitioners who would like to go in and listen to some interviews. So I think over the years, um, and and talking with John, we actually worked out that I spoke to him for my uh, very first interview. I think it was back in 2014. Um, So the company has been going a long time. This is a really, really good chat about how and why online events evolved Um, how digital media can help psychotherapy, counselling and our profession, but also how we've actually been able to um, have conversations with people who we may not come into contact with because um, for those of you who are not practitioners and are are kind of listening to this today, um, there are many, many perspective models, um, the way that we actually work as, as therapists, but there's also a lot of membership bodies. So that means for a lot of practitioners, they don't always get the, um, if you like, cross-culture of other perspectives and approaches. So um, one of the things that John and Sandra have been able to do is build a platform where somebody who comes from perhaps a psychodynamic model might be able to listen in to um, some of the other models around um, person-centered, um, play therapists, humanists, uh, humanistic, sorry. Um, and it, it kind of means that everybody can learn from everybody else. And it's now one of the most highly populated CPD hubs um, in, in play. And John and Sandra take you through the journey of how how it came to be, how how he ended up in the uh, virtual world. And we have a bit of a chat about that. And Sandra has also, um, in the background, kind of done her own studying and learning and now works with therapists to help them promote their uh, practices online. Um, John and Sandra are really, really good friends. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed this interview. Uh, and hopefully you will too. So see you again soon. Welcome to Cyber Synapse. This week, I'm actually joined by um, some more friends. So I'm joined by John and Sandra, whom I uh, clearly know and have done for a few years. And the reason I've brought you two um, people onto my show today is because we're going to talk about um, technology and the way that it can be used for the benefit of learning, uh, continuing professional development, website development, um, so what I'll do, I know the story to online events and how that how that came to be. So first of all, um, do you want to kind of talk between yourselves about how you decided to come up with a business idea that was about producing videos and learning uh, a learning platform for counsellors and psychotherapists? 
Ah, yeah. So is it time to tell our story, Sandra? It is. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, shall I tell the story I normally tell about what happened with, with John first? <laughs> the first idea, very, very first idea of online events. Um, John came to my house and, well, first of all, John was attending a conference, weren't you, that was going to be all about um, working online um, as mm-hmm. a therapist. And... Um, so obviously, John was arranging that, um, you know, being part of this conference and appears in my house with a big, huge banner, <laughs> which has the, a big logo on it, online events um, and CPD, you know, um, online. And John said, I have an idea that if we're going to be going to the conference, um, you know, discussing how to be an online practitioner, then uh-huh. maybe the conference itself should be online as well. Yes. And, that was the kind of first idea you had, wasn't it, John, around um, because you knew about the live streaming technology. Um, and so that was the first thing, first thing I heard about it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you do that? Okay. Um, yeah, so and how I then got involved was then obviously there was a lot of, there is a lot of um, background administration work needed for that, wasn't it, John? And John was like, well, how would you be interested in, doing that and um, I was like yeah I'd be up for that too we're always up for just learning something new yeah and, yeah, and, um, and then we decided oh there's also needs to be someone that's going to facilitate an online live learning um, and that's how I come in so both John and I John took the technology and then I was coming in to help from the um, from the people what, what's going to happen when people come into contact with us and that's kind of how it started yeah so I'm I'm curious then, John, just because I am a therapist who works online and does the technology and everything. What drew you into the this side of kind of counselling therapy and then technology and being online? Good question. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it feels like lots have changed in this um, part of the field in the last ten years or so. Um, I had qualified in two thousand and five, and quite quickly thereafter, I trained with Kate Anthony as an online. Yeah. And I think I just always love technology and the opportunity to not be bound by the physical geography Mm -hmm. um, of a counselling room and the people who can travel to that counselling room. Yeah. 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 I'm, okay. So I'm just going to slot in here. Actually, both of us know Kate Anthony because I've actually done um, some uh, research with her. Um, We actually authored a paper together and, she also has her own online training institute and is very, very well versed in technology, isn't she? So just to give people a bit of background, not only does she run a training institute, she's also provided um, some frame, framework for uh, BACP. She's also written in books around mental health practitioners and online, you know, the online uh, space. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So you went to top quality training. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Built a practice in Second Life, if anybody remembers Second oh, Life. Yeah. <laughs> Written a yeah. chapter for Kate in one of her books about having a private practice in the virtual world. So really kind of steeped myself in that online medium, which was which was a lot of fun and lots and lots of learning. Yeah. yeah. And if I remember in the early days, it was done via Skype and, and what we, I mean, I'm, I'm one of the, the people who you've interviewed. So it's quite nice, actually, that I flipped it 180 and I'm now interviewing the people that usually interview me. 
So it's quite nice that you're, yeah, you're in, you're in the seat. So well, as, as an experience, what's this like now, right now in terms of being interviewed? It's a lot more nerve-wracking, Kath, for being interviewed. Yeah. Yes, it's nice. It's really nice to have had that experience where we've done a lot of work together. And now, yeah, it's really lovely to uh-huh. meet kids along to your podcast. It's lovely, Kath. Okay, so obviously my podcast goes out to lots of different kinds of people. So there might be teachers listening today, parents and so on. But I do I do have quite a bias towards talking to therapists and so on as well because it comes into our therapy rooms, all, all of the digital media and the uh, effects of it. Um, so this is this is more a question about. So when, when you set up the CPD hub, um, and, and you decided to put it together. What, yeah, what did you want your hub to, to look like? We started, as Sandra was describing, with a conference. You know, I was part of the ACTO executive committee to help organise the conference. Yeah. We worked out with the committee that we could live stream it, and also that was the launch of online events. I mean, it really was. I made a logo and thought... Let's do some live streaming. We had no idea what it would grow into. And yeah. now we have um, what we think is probably the world's largest library of video CPD resources for yeah. the helping professions that come with instant certification and a learning log. So Sandra and I are really proud of that. And mm. But we had no idea of that, Sandra, didn't we, at the beginning of online events no. that we would grow into that kind of resource. So, so what's it like being, um, you know, having having this this level of uh, videos? The because I've I've watched the journey in terms of it being very limited at the beginning and kind of you signed in, but now you've got CPD logs, you've got uh, questionnaires that you can ask. You know, there's there's something here about this the assessment process. It was important to us, like what we said, to just start because that's our kind of mission. You know, to mm-hmm. get it on there just to start, as you say, that's how it was on, and then we really felt like to then give something more um, for practitioners having the library, you know, and being able to then log their learning was a huge um, thing that we wanted to then add. So we could, we could see that coming in the journey and know that that would be helpful for practitioners and also helpful for us to know that we're offering um, something that's going to help and um, like kind of measure, you know, what's, what's been done yeah. as well. It was really important for us to, take it from you know we were happy with what we had but we know there's other steps and there's other things we want to do as well as we go forward but yeah um that was a really important part when we started to add that in as well yeah it was a big milestone for us wasn't it and i i think we as a library be, or before we had a library like that first conference we thought well probably what we're going to end up doing is live streaming for all the psychotherapy conferences and creating um, a virtual audience for those conferences mm-hmm. um, that, of hundreds, maybe thousands of people who couldn't get in the room. And of course, when we started 2009, the recession was hitting the UK. And of course, lots of conferences went out of businesses. And, and those who didn't were very, very nervous about a new online platform and that's why we grew into the interviews because they're very inexpensive for us to do and it means that we can offer that CPD at point of recording free for um, free for colleagues and this was really important because around that time 
Um, I also have a cleaning business that I've run since I left school. And with the recession, I lost a big contract that was 25% of the yeah. income of that business. So all the profit went out of the business. And I went from being able to do any CPD that I wanted, wherever I wanted. I was very lucky in that way to suddenly not being able to access any CPD. All the profit went out of my business. And it, it created a dynamic that I'm sure many other practitioners already knew, which is, okay, I'm in the business, but I'm struggling to do the learning that I need to do. And, and actually, when I turn up at a conference like everybody else, I'm paying for that conference, but I'm also contributing. And in a way, just by paying a ticket price, it feels like that isn't really being acknowledged. So when we're doing the interviews, we don't charge for them because we really appreciate the colleague we're interviewing, which has been you a number of times, Kath, is making a big contribution. But the colleagues who come and contribute their comments and questions are also contributing. They're paying with their time, their expertise, and their experience. And this is the way that we've built the library uh, with a real, hopefully acknowledging everybody's contribution to that process. Yeah. And that really is the philosophy that underlies. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just wondering then, would it be worthwhile if you were to explain? So if somebody's never heard of online events, what do they need to do? You know, so I'm, I'm fully, you know, I know how the system works. I know um, what, what students, in fact, I tell everybody um, and it's become part of my repertoire now to go online events, one E in the middle. And that's that's kind of how I explain to people, you know, when you're writing. Oh, I like that, yeah. It's a bit of our life. Yeah, in the middle um, was the right thing, but yes, it's caused much confusion over the last ten years. Well, actually, isn't that? Uh, and I'm just going to come to Saz now. Actually, that is quite a good marketing technique, is yeah. it not? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking. Actually, this is this is a really good way of talking about um, Saz's background as well. So, not only have you got um, like the online events, I've actually watched uh, Sandra's journey going through her um, uh, degree, and you know. Obviously, because not only are we friends on kind of the the interviews, we're actually friends on social media as well. Um, and I, I think what I'm doing at the moment is going through my social media friends list to interview in terms of the podcast as well. But I wanted to interview you really, really uh, when I started this podcast last year. But we ended up, you know, trains that ships in the night, as they say. So how would how would you explain what people need to do in terms of online events? So quite often people might, let's go, happen upon video. So when you are in the interviews, you put them out live via Zoom and, you know, like, like I have done in the past, you also go live on other media platforms. So yeah. how, would, how would somebody sign up to watch the interview and then to get their CPD? Yeah, so when we put the event out live, we normally then will put a link to if you want to catch up, you know, and log mm-hmm. your learning once that um, once that's complete. So it's a matter of we take them straight to the website, which then tells them a little bit about who we are, why, you know, what we're doing. And it's just a matter of clicking on the membership, creating mm-hmm. their own membership at whatever level, you know, is going to suit them. So we have memberships that's going to suit with the monthly, annually and student membership too. Um, It's also um, the fact that once you log in, you get instant access to everything. So how we have it now is that if you've just watched a recording or you've seen something being advertised that day, 
you can then go in and then we've got for recent library updates, you know, you'll see everything that we've added recently. So it's a matter of logging into your membership. Then you can watch the video, log your learning, which is really important to, to do it there and then because then it's, it's fresh in your mind. Um, but then that gets it sits in your learning log so you can then go back and have a look through the learning maybe pick up something or edit it, add something into that. So yeah. it's kind of a process of getting in the library, watching, logging, and then it's going to build from there for you. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. almost like you've got the hashtag CPD made easy. Yeah. Because actually it really is. Yeah, this is, you know, particularly for our profession, um, because we do have to get different, um, you know, different perspectives, different orientations, different models. Um, and I'm just thinking this is a way for people to get much, much more breadth and depth of, of, of learning around theories, perspectives, um, you know, developing technology, what's happening there. And and I, I was just thinking that um, there is something here about how CPD is now uh, encompassing the online world. So I'm just thinking, John, that in 2009, um, if, if I tried to fill out my CPD log for BACP, uh, it didn't count. It, it had to be books or in-person attendance. Whereas now, you know, and I'm, I'm just thinking if I go back to the ACTO thing for a moment. So for people who aren't aware of uh, ACTO, which, you know, I am going to this is going to appear in many, many more podcasts. ACTO are the Association for Counselling Therapy Online, and they are um, a body of therapists who are looking at how, how we do this ethically, how we do this professionally, and how we actually embrace technology really going forward. So th- this is a way of people being able to log their CPD. Um, so in terms of the interviews... Um, so this, this is slightly different because I'm literally just throwing questions at you completely unprepared. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the interviews that you do with people, um, so I'm just going to come up with an example here. So I know you're doing a few with Keith Tudor coming up. So when, when you bring Keith Tudor on, you actually have the chat room. So would, would you like to kind of talk people through what happens? So I know, Saj, you tend to sit in the background. John does the talking. So what happens in terms of these real, real live interviews that you do with people? Yeah, I think the the series with Keith is a really nice example because um, Keith released a book last year, um, yeah. uh, the a critical examination of psychotherapy, which is just the perfect topic. Amazing, yeah. <laughs> it's a very very good book, and we've taken um, each of those. He's got six pretty long chapters in this book, and we've taken one chapter and used that as the basis of a discussion for that hour. So we. Uh-huh. We go live in Zoom and also on Facebook Live, and um, Keith and I are there, um, really chewing over the theme of that chapter. Um, so he'll kind of give a preci of the chapter and what he looked at there, and he's not—he's not then just um, going over the chapter, but what was his thinking around it, behind it, and yeah. and what has maybe even changed since he's written that, and of course. There are colleagues with us from all over the world in the chat room going, um, oh, Keith, that's great. Um, I really love the way you're thinking about that. Or I'm not sure, you know, I've got, I've been wondering about this piece of theory. Or even, Keith, that's crazy. How can you see that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. It's all in there. <laughs> absolutely. And, of course, all the time that's going, I'm kind of prompting Keith. I've read the chapter and I'm contributing some things that I've enjoyed. Yeah. Of course, Sandra's doing the real important work in, in the chat room of creating the environment. 
Yes, and, yeah. Uh, and many, many, many hats, because there's many chat rooms to keep an eye on, isn't there? I have noticed that your work is, is uh, really difficult at times. <laughs> it can be. And in fact, somebody was watching, because I'm normally obviously behind the scenes, and I had somebody that was beside me once, and they were like... Oh, can't believe how many places you're in at one time and it's like that's the way it is because we yeah we we go live within the zoom group so we have a chat from there and we're live within the facebook group and like kind of pointing to what we were saying earlier about um you know having a very a variation of the cpd so many people maybe wouldn't get a chance to listen to keith or to interact with keith and about the books that they're reading you know that they're using in their practice or they're using training you know um and I think that's great, you know, when I can see the chat coming in and people are um, kind of excited about that. But so it gives people that opportunity to have that interaction as well. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking, actually, so uh, there's many people who wouldn't normally happen upon Keith Tutor because of him kind of taking up that space in the TA world. And, uh, and I, I was just thinking that actually what this does do is it brings a book to our, our profession in terms of what he's talking about that you may not necessarily have been in and around and 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 you know in terms of what i see online events um i did a lot of my cpd a couple of years ago using a couple of companies over in america so i i would use nikaburn spezzy uh and i i would be doing this on platforms to the point that i was staying up you know till maybe midnight watching interviews over in america and then what i have noticed is this this idea of interviewing people is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you know i'm just thinking what what do you see? What do you see as the future? So um, some of the podcasts and interviews that I particularly subscribe to, which are to do with the cyber world, not so much um, my profession, tend to have uh, transcripts that I can get hold of as well. They have you know the downloadable video. I could download it as an audio, which means I can then listen to it while I'm you know doing something else, which is usually what I do. Mm-hmm. So do do you have? Um, I'm just thinking here. So obviously I've seen how this used to be done and then you would put the video into the CPD hub, if you like. But now now it's a bit more fluid and people can access like these little mini bites that you send out. So this might be this might be more to do with you, Sandra, actually. How do you see the marketing of, of this this company going forward? What what are your in yeah, I'm curious what are your intentions? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Obviously, we're, we want to get as many voices as we can within the library, you know, uh-huh. add um, more practitioners' voices in there. And the the little snippets that we send out are really helpful. Like, our thinking around that was, that John, that it's like people can start off their day like that, you know, listening to something really yeah. going to motivate them or who knows, that could be actually what's going to happen to them that day or they're, you know, having to... Um, maybe the client will talk about something that they've heard on um you know one of these videos so it's like important for us to to then offer that out you know um but also as a way to let people know well these are the kind of things that that's in the library um and like we're we are thinking about you know the the tech around that you know is it is it better for people to have an app do they access things like that so there's a lot of um, technology that we'll you know we've got our library that we can then use and expand into as well yeah yeah so I'm just thinking about asking John a question here so who would be your your kind of hero who who would you like to interview 
for online events. <laughs> is, is that dead or alive? Or <laughs> Anna, oh, good. Now, actually, I like how you've just flipped that again. Actually, let's do let's do both. Who would who would you like to interview in terms of? So, when you've been around some of the conferences, I'm fully aware that you've you've seen you know Dan Siegel's. I've seen well, not Dan Siegel's plural, but the kind of people <laughs> like Dan Siegel. Um, yeah, who would who would be your heroes to interview? Who would you like to see? In yeah, in in online events, but in terms of um, where where people could look up to heroes. So I'm I'm fully aware that Yalom is giving out uh, an interview. In, I can't remember when it is, but he's then said he's retiring. He's not doing any more after that. So, are there any particular psychotherapy counselling heroes that you'd like to interview? Oh, it's a great question. Yeah, it would have been great to have Irvin Yalom in the library. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I think that opportunity has come and gone, as you said. Um, like I would have loved to have interviewed Carl Rogers. I mean, I think that's the, yeah. And of course, I'm sure that's true of everyone, but, but also particularly someone, I guess, who was a student of Carl, a guy called John K. Woods, who is also writes very, very eloquently and who's not with us anymore. So there's some names like that. Um, who living heroes? It's a good question. Um, it's a really good question. I think, and this is not a psychotherapy name, but I would love the online events community to have some contact with Tony Robbins. Oh yes, and <laughs> <laughs> too. Tony's a kind of counterintuitive person for the psychotherapy world. Uh, But I I think what he does is he's an incredible, um, he has an incredible capacity to integrate different ways of working into something just insanely potent. And I think as a field, well, it's not just, this is the reality in the field where we're very split along modality lines. And I think having some people who could help us come together and integrate our thinking would be incredible. Yeah. I also think, yeah, I also think it's a great idea to have a bit of controversy in there because he is, um, and I am going to swear now for a moment, he is Mr. Bullshit, get ready, you know, get round. And he's he's very direct, actually. So I'm, I'm drawn to thinking, um, I don't know if you're aware of Marissa Peer. In terms of, okay, so Marissa Pia is a very well-known therapist and she has um, an approach called rapid transformation therapy. Her thinking behind it is, why take somebody 10 years to resolve an issue when you can do it really quickly? Um, And she tends to get straight to the heart of the matter and says, basically, the result of everybody's impending psychological distress is because they feel they're not enough. So if you could say to yourself, I am enough then you would resolve the issue. And I think, yeah, okay, the principle is there. However, (laughs) there is a lot of training and and stuff that goes into what we work with. And and obviously I work very differently um, in terms of technology. So I use uh, gaming technology, quite a lot of different um, interventions and techniques. So we might might get onto one of those uh, in terms of a conversation for online events, actually, John. But it's very you, interesting, Kath. I'll be um, up that. <laughs> well, actually, I'm thinking when you when you did your training with Kate Anthony, was she taught? I know she was into Second Life at the time, but did she think, or, or were you talking around how we're actually going to be using VR therapies and so on? 
Well, I think Kate was one of the first people yeah. who, who I th and she's been thinking about that since the 90s and like yeah. the technology is still not quite there yet. But it, I mean, I think we're we're getting there. I think the Oculus mm -hmm. uh, and the investment by Facebook is really going to change yeah. Um, yeah. the landscape. And I think this is what's counterintuitive about education. I think that it's um, the psychotherapy field and Sandra and I were kind of one of the first operators into this has joined the rest of education in terms of um, mass education. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Podcasts and CPD hubs and online events libraries, one of many resources now. But yeah. uh, Sandra and I think that education is going to move back to either one-to-one -one or small group work. And that's what the technology is going to make available. And this is what we're up to now. The online events has the library. But we're also building a, a portfolio of workshops that people can do in Zoom with a lot yes. of the colleagues who've been with us in the interviews and who'll then come back and bring their training that they would do out in the physical world into the, the virtual world. Mm -hmm. Well, funnily enough, that's actually what I have done on my website in terms of, um, so I've, I've got some workshops on there around um, sex and pornography talk, um, and that's available to any therapist uh, and any age, you know, whether, whether they're working with children or adults. I have a specific leaning towards um, children. And I, I put the course together with a psychosexual therapist. And then there's another one about um, the good old cybersecurity GDPR. But, you know, that's another conversation for this evening, um, which will make no sense to anybody listening to this podcast. Um, so <laughs> okay, I'm very much looking forward yeah, to that. Well, yeah. yeah, you can find that interview in the CPD hub by the time this goes out. Um, and then there's also, um, I'm doing the cyber trauma ones on there as well, because yeah. right now where I am in terms of my career, it's really difficult to get out and do a lot of this training. Um, and I went down the line of going, well, actually, this is the way that people can get their CPD and they can attend the workshop you know, with questions, with self-assessment questions, with essays, whatever it is that they might want to do. Um, so I do think it's it's a fabulous way of providing people with that learning. Now, I've got my thinking from a lot of the people who use technology like this. So would you, would you say that that's, has that come from a specific realm or domain? Is that, is that outside reading that you've got, Sandra or John, in terms of how education is going to go back to this? Because I know where my, my thinking comes from. I think it's from our um, experience of being with people in the learning kind of state, you know, or if that's a right expression. Um, like people are in consuming or really enjoying, obviously, the, the library. Sometimes we find people will be like, well, obviously, they, they want that bit more. Um, mm. And so it's like, yes, time is limited and maybe finances are limited to travel to certain, um, you know, CPD but there will be then something that just needs that little bit more um, interaction. We kind of, we're getting that sense, weren't we, yeah. John, that um, like everything, I suppose. But um, to be honest, I think a lot of, from my point of view, people have been using technology within the last five years, absolutely just consuming, aren't they? Like everyone's on their smartphones, everyone's got, no, everyone's got a computer, but everyone's got access yeah. to everything. But it's like a lot of things are coming back, like um, journals, you know, write your thoughts down, um, 
people enjoy using kind of a paper, you know, I know it's not to do with training, but I feel that there's kind of a bit of a nostalgic back to what we, what did we have before? And we quite liked it too. So I see in the future, we have the opportunity to have both. So it's like, it's absolutely, well, we can all meet together and we're not, not one of us in the same place. And so it's not saying that the technology will disappear or that, um, that mass education disappears either but it's like well let's open it for everything and let's yeah you know give everybody what they really need and how they're going to flourish in that best way yeah yeah well it is it's a um it's a very pedagogical approach isn't it in terms of so i was just thinking i was doing a lesson this morning on zoom and you know because i'm one of these people i go off i do my own cpd and learning and quite often i'll go outside of my uh, outside of psychotherapy and outside of the cyber stuff and and this morning as old-fashioned as you, you're kind of talking I I still have a note paper and pen you know because I like well it's because I actually know the brain science behind it but that's why I tend to do it but th- there's also something about it's good to be able to have something that you can visit and pause and write down your thoughts and so on and then go back to it and reflect because you just don't get that from you know if you're sitting in a classroom with somebody and they go blah 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 and then you've missed 20 minutes because you've been writing down something. And, you know, if if you're in one of my workshops, I do go at, you know, max speed three and people do have to keep up because there is a heck of a lot of information about, you know, the cyberspace. And quite often it is usually along the lines of could I teach my entire theory in two hours? It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so I do tend to go through it rather fast. So do you, do you think you, well, you'd like to do anything like that, John, in terms of, providing workshops for people as well well it's already started at online events like we have a pilot program that's underway we've uh, we're in the middle of a neuroscience workshop with a uh, maggie mcallister mcgregor uh-huh. a two-day like in the room workshop and we split that up into four two and a half hour sections yeah. um, where people can come into zoom and have those two and a half hours with maggie We've just started our second one on gender identity with Madison Amy Webb. Yeah. And it, it's like, I think this is what the, this, the current technology is offering us, is the capacity to learn in an experiential environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is what as thera- counsellors, psychotherapists, we're used to doing when we go to workshops or courses, mm-hmm. being in a group, thinking together, processing together. And the technology is mature to the point that that is now possible. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what we're really interested in. We're, Sandra and I, we've, I guess we've always been interested in the learning environment. Mm-hmm. And, the, and now we can offer that um, in small group work, small experiential groups of maybe 10 to 20 people. And I, I think this is what we're seeing on social media, like love it or like it and... Sorry, love it or hate it, yeah. rather. Or, yeah. And there's lots of things that are still to work out with social media, but it, people want relationship and relational experiences, and I yeah. th- and that is what's now coming to education. And um, so, as I told, as you're saying, Sandra, that mass education is always going to be available, and like this podcast, I mean, <laughs> we hope it's going to go to lots and lots of people. But also being able to have that one to few experience online is, 
And yes. that is a very exciting development for us. Yeah. Now, I, I will say that years ago when I tried that, it was it was like I was over the moon if two people turned up. And, and I thought, what is going on? And I was getting really cross, actually, thinking, oh, nobody wants to know about cyber trauma, blah, blah, blah. But that's not the truth. It was people did not know how to use the technology or they didn't know you know how to do it so one of the things that I've got for the rest of this year is not only will I be doing the IRL kind of in real life people sat in a room but I'm also doing it with the online world and and you know I mean that's what I bought into zoom uh, software for in the first place um, for a number of reasons but what about what about yourselves so the reason I'm asking this question is because I've attended one of your workshops before um, so I know that you gave a workshop oh it was a TA was it a TA conference yeah it was it was a TA conference wasn't it Crooks wasn't an MIP conference yeah. and again yeah and again it was um, it was it was really interesting how many people steered away from the word technology and, and quite often, how many would f influx to the room with, so I was just thinking, I remember who the, the main speaker was now, but lots of people influx to where the words relational or usually uh, transference and counter-transference, that seems to drag people into a therapy room, doesn't it? But, uh, or a therapy workshop. Uh, what, about, what about marketing as, as you do? Because I know, Sandra, you have your own um, social media page in terms of uh, so you've you've got quite a few actually like me you've got a couple of hats on haven't you um, <laughs> so you've got the ones helping therapists market their practice um, how do you how would you be interested in doing something like that yourselves sorry what do you mean um, so where John was saying that you're doing this experiential teaching what about if you were the tutors is that something you've considered oh, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> so the answer is yes. So we, yeah, considering, as John was saying, we're already rolling with the workshops and we've some coming in the future and definitely um, the kind of training and, it, well, especially for like social media, as you see, it's, um, it's hard for people to then get into that zone of, I want to use technology or mm -hmm. they don't have to, but um, it's, you know, it's hard. So, and it's definitely our thoughts that we would have some social media training around the experiential workshop. So people like what we're doing in the other workshops, people come along the smaller groups, you can take yeah. out things, we can, you know, you can have your phone there and, but definitely be something that, that we'd be looking into training that way as well. Mm -hmm. So watch out for the workshop list <laughs> to see Sandra on that workshop <laughs> list. You're also doing an, an IRL event in September, Sandra. <laughs> Don't yeah. forget. I know. That. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's true. <laughs> so what about you, John? What about kind of working with technology? Because um, A, I might be, um, there, might, there might actually be a bit of thinking here in terms of how do we educate other therapists to use technology? So this is my current thinking. Um, because I think lots of people are frightened of the technology and what it is and, and how to use it. So I have my particular bias and framework over the technology I use and explaining to therapists. But what, what about if you were to do something around teaching people how to use Zoom and, you know, not a competitive platform, obviously, because you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to cut your nose off to spite your face, as they say. But what about your your experience, John? You there's there's 10 years worth of experience of doing this. And, and I'm sure that there's lots of therapists who could benefit from that. Yes, well, I, I think, Sandra, oh, it's a good question. I mean, I'm also director at Temenos Education, uh -huh. which is one of the oldest person-centred diplomas in the yeah. UK. Um, so, and I'm course lead on the diploma there, and we're integrating um, Zoom into that course now so that we have visiting tutors come that way. 
um, come into the course on Zoom. And we're also going to bring into our workshop program some of the person-centered encounter group experience that we're enjoying on the course in Zoom into the Zoom workshop. So colleagues are going to be able to, to join myself and other tutors yeah. from Timonos in Zoom in an encounter group style environment, which should be fun. And I think, like, and this is what Sandra and I found at the beginning of online events, people didn't come to the library because they loved the technology. They wanted to hear the people were interviewing. Mm -hmm. and then they got used to the technology. And I think that's also what's going, is yeah. going to happen with the workshops. People, are, lots of people in psychotherapy, I think as you're saying, Kath, are not really that keen on the technology, but they'll want the experience. And in that, like in the desire for the experience, then Sandra and I and, and yourself, Kath, and other colleagues are working in this field, will then help colleagues get used to the platform. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so before we finish, um, and this is one question that I'm, I'm really quite curious about, who has been somebody that you've interviewed that you've learned something from? So that's for both of you to answer. Who's, and I'm thinking here, there's a couple of parts to this question. So who did you find most interesting? Who surprised you the most? Um, what, what do you find was a conflicting view that you've now kind of synthesized in terms of um, you as a person? So... I'm just thinking, Saz, that whilst whilst you're in the background, you are clearly listening to the, the the questions that John asks and so on. But who's who's really surprised you in terms of um, their their thinking, their I don't know, their their approach, their model, something like that. That's a good question. It took me ages to think it up. Don't think of that one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to go first, or you think, Sandra? Is yeah, there something okay. coming to mind for okay. you? Or? And you go, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, we interviewed a colleague, and her name is escaping me now, from Edinburgh. Um, and this is uh, like this comes up every year at Temenos, without doubt, more than once a year, where I quote this interview. Uh -huh. I have to see if I can remember her name. Um, and she did an hour on shame. Ah, it wasn't um, Sue. Oh. Now, see, now it's happened to me. Right. Sue Parker Hall has done some incredible stuff on anger. Um, well, just in the field, and she's shared some of that with us at online events. That always comes up too. Sue. Yeah, I was going to say anger and shame. Doesn't she do the anger and shame? But actually she does more on anger, doesn't she? This anyway, yeah. first name yeah, is yeah. Alison. I'm hoping the neuron for the surname will fall far in the not-too-distant future. And what she said about shame is, um, oh, she said a bunch of things in this hour, but that um, the Eskimos, when their children get onto thin ice and it's unsafe, mm -hmm. shame the children, which was very fascinating for me. Like, so then the child has an embodied response to somewhere that is just not safe, a mm -hmm. very powerful response. And I thought that was a very interesting way to think about um, how we've used shame as an embodied experience to yeah. survive and also to protect our children. Yes. And that was been very influential for me because I think shame is something that I – 
have a kind of natural aversion to and as an therapist I'm worried about my clients being shamed my students being shamed and mm-hmm. also thinking okay this sits in our body in a way that's also adaptive oh so, yeah 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 so I really love that interview Alison Ayres Ayres oh yeah okay Alison's a Scottish colleague that we've that we've enjoyed yeah. having interaction with over the years and a, a wonderful hour it's just and I think like we've also worked with people like Robin Showhead and Mick Cooper who are kind uh-huh. of world-renowned names and but and no not that we've also really enjoyed working with practitioners at the co-face who have something important to say who are not internationally renowned authors and I think that's also been a key feature of this library that it's like the breadth of practitioners who volunteered conversations is just absolutely yeah yeah so I I, it's it's quite interesting I've actually said the therapy world is actually quite small even though there's a lot of us um it's like recognizing because I you know and I, I I'm joking here because people know about my views on addiction but I I tend to joke that I have a conference addiction because I've gone to lots and lots of um uh conferences that are out of uh, my my membership body so I spend a lot of time at the TA conferences because that's a principle you know um theory that I do use it's not it's not my integrative theory but it is a principal theory that comes into my practice so I want to know more I want to learn more and um you know my PhD supervisor is a TA god uh, as far as I'm concerned and it's it's going into these other worlds that's actually opened up my thinking and and again that came from some of the conferences so I think some of the ones you live streamed early were the TA conferences that's right and yeah yeah because I think I've even still got my DVDs of them not that anybody uses DVDs anymore. <laughs> What's <laughs> that? <laughs> okay, Sandra, yeah. what, what would be your response to yeah. people that... It's interesting. I can't think of one particular, to be honest. Um, my mind doesn't kind of go in that sense. But what what really I, I get from it, because obviously I am listening, I'm not working in the field, but I'm definitely listening and taking it in, is mm-hmm. that... Um, like across the modalities, um, there's always something to kind of tune into and kind of find it and pull it together kind of thing. Um, but I don't, yeah, I can't think of anyone necessarily in particular, but um, very, like I get very passionate about the the work each and in, each individual is doing, you know. So we don't, when we're interviewing, it's not like one over another over another in the library, obviously, Um and I like I think I I am in awe in a way of what practitioners are doing, you know, and what they bring to the field. Um, that yeah, and there is some things that I'll you know I'll maybe be talking to someone and say, oh, I was kind of we were discussing this and this interest, you know. So it is it doesn't just stop there when we're being interviewed. You know, it will take on and who knows what that then brings to that person that I then passed that to kind of thing um yeah but I'm sorry I don't have well, I, th- I think I'm thinking Sandra like you really like as we're talking and I know there's lots of other things that you're kind of doing outside of online events and you've integrated a lot of the thinking around child development and um overwhelm and like the kind of work of Jane Evans as well and mm-hmm like how you respond and kind of coach others to respond is really um really impacted by that kind of work sorry I don't mean to speak for you Sandra but I yeah 
Yeah. Well, it's it's nice to have a it's nice to have a third person reflective, isn't it? In terms of sometimes we don't see what we have embodied and what we've taken on. It's when somebody reflects it back to us, you know. Um, and I'm beginning to sound like a therapist there, so I'll just stop that. <laughs> this, isn't a, this isn't a therapy podcast. Well, it's it's sort of it encompasses lots and lots of different perspectives, and I think this is this is what's really interesting in terms of um, the cyber related stuff. Is you know. 10 years you've been around and I think I might have known of you for a long, long time. I, can't, I don't think it's quite 10 years, but there is something about, and I've felt, or, or maybe I have, and I'm just not accepting that I'm really getting older. And there is this, there is this thing in the background about this technology has taken 10 years for it to now sit into almost the everyday language of people saying, oh, what books are you reading? What CPD are you watching? What CPD are you attending? And it's, it's become this, different way of um really taking our learning to the next level um and you know i just want to say thank you very much for coming along and doing this interview um i know that today is a particularly busy day um and that this won't be the first time that i'm speaking to you today so um is there anything else you would like people to know about online events or kind of cyber technology anything like that well we want to say thank you for for inviting us as well because it's nice to be able to to give that space yeah yeah, thank you, Kath, for having us. And I, I think, um, oh my mind, I was, there was something I was going to say, and it's just, it's just gone. Um, I think I want to say thanks to all the colleagues, including yourself, Kath, who've come along and contributed conversations yeah. to the library. Like it's just created such a wonderful resource. I mean, kind of have this dream, like in five hundred years, there's going to be someone you know, training to be a therapist or, or whatever it looks like there, kind of going, oh, what Kath was saying about cyber trauma in that library is very interesting, you know. That's, mm. be a, yeah. Well, I mean, just, just to reflect on that for uh, the people who do listen to my podcast, we, uh, and I have said this, I did this, uh, the very first interview about um, automated videos playing in 2014. Mm. That's, that's actually when we were speaking and I remember being in my um, other building and... You know, at the time, the e-safety companies had only just started up because I even reflected to you that Internet Matters were just beginning. And, you know, and here we are, we're still in the early infancy days. And some of the podcasts that I've got, which will be around this time, um, are to do with the online harms paper, to do with um, kind of the way that the Internet is restricted or not so. And it's, it's really quite interesting how technology has changed in five years and the principles of what I said in 2014 are still in existence and actually getting much bigger, hence the, the kind of academic route that I'm now taking and, and kind of what I'm doing with research. So, yeah, I, I, I am just really grateful for the fact that you've sat in the background and it's allowed me to dip in and out of my CPD as and when, because I'm not busy now. Unless, unless I've got it on audio, I'm not really sitting down and watching videos right now because otherwise I end up procrastinating. And I think the other thing we would say, if anybody's listening to this um, and has a, an itch they'd like to scratch that's in any way related to human development and uh -huh. thriving, and they'd like to come and have a conversation with us that's, that goes in our library, come and have that conversation with us. You don't have to have published a book or been a trainer or something, but if you... You've got something that's on your mind that you think other colleagues should know this, clients should know this. Yeah. Well, one of, We're up for those conversations. Mm -hmm. 
one of the things I was going to point out in terms of, and it'll probably be in my introduction actually, is that um, not everybody who is on online events is actually a psychotherapist or counsellor. So for the people who do listen to my podcast that have, you know, uh, e-safety in their background, there's a lot to do with technology that therapists really could do with learning. And maybe maybe some of those people could come and have conversations with you, you know, whether they're from education, uh, the uh, e-safety, policymakers, whatever it is. Um, and also to, to open that opportunity up to the US, because I've noticed that quite often it is the UK-based people that you are speaking to. And I was thinking, actually, there might be a way here that you could have potentially somebody like Stephen Porges on because he's doing his round of podcasts at the moment. You know, I, I do know that these people do have have the propensity to answer and do these kind of things, although I would say that lots of them do want paying, John. <laughs> okay, okay. So just, just have that in the back of your mind that if you are going for the biggies, they uh, they kind of do tend to come back and say, you know, and how much are you charging? Uh, sorry, how much are you paying? And I say, well, you know, podcasts and interviews, they are free, um, which has been one of the reasons why I've not been back to you for a while because my time is so limited. And if I'm not doing podcasts, I'm head down in research. And yeah. But there, there is a lot to talk through with you, and, and but we'll do that elsewhere. I'm looking there, forward to that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is there anything you wanted to add at all, Sandra? Well, just I suppose the fact that um, it's great that people take on the technology, even though they're not always so um, keen or feel that it's too easy. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I think everyone, like although we're saying things that are changing, you know, like we appreciate people even giving it a try or coming along to our live events um, and watching the live. So it's like you know, it's it's great that people are trying this out and like as John says it's like finding things that they'll perhaps never find in other places so it's a necessity to learn uh -huh. and we're absolutely up for supporting you know if people just finding it too difficult we can then support them through um, and as John says to you know find other conversations that people would like to have as well be up for that fab yeah Okay, well, thank you very much for giving giving up your time today. I, I know, sound like you, John. So, thank you for spending the time. Joining us today. You sound much. It's much more eloquent than me, Kath. It's lovely to yeah. <laughs> lovely to hear you saying thank you. Okay, uh, yeah, great. thank you, thank you for giving up your time and spending it. You know, here doing this, and you know, who knows? Maybe maybe the videos will get a bit more traction. But as I said to you, it tends to be the audio stuff. So perhaps this is going to go out to people who might just say, hey, you're training to be a therapist. Why don't you listen to this? And, you know, maybe the students, whilst they do listen to another very famous podcast that's written for students, um, you know, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about there. Don't miss Rory's work on no. counselling tutor. It's awesome. <laughs> Great work. Awesome. Yeah. But this is this is about CPD, isn't it? It's not really about um, anything else. Uh, um, so thank you very much, both of you. And thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Kath. Thank you. This podcast was edited by Rory Kavanagh an audio enthusiast and music producer.